friends, and welcome once again to This Changes Everything. It's time to answer some questions. Yeah, Our we favorite love thing. Yes. Let's do it. Um, we get, and again, like you can, you can send us questions through our DMs. You can um, send us questions by emailing us. Whatever way you think you can, like carrier pigeon, whatever you got. <laughs> yeah. No, but, I don't want a flock of those showing up in my house. Just kidding. Not that. Yeah. Just social media. Before we get into it, though, how are you doing, Sarah? Oh, look at it. You see what I did right there? I, I went right into like, oh, this is what we're talking about today because I would, did not want you to ask me that question because the answer is I'm just so-so because last week I said goodbye to my dog mm. and I had to put her down because mm. she, well, she was just at that point where things started turning from like, okay, to not good, to bad, to way worse and Mm -hmm. it was time and so that and she was like one million years old i was going through all the pictures and videos you know collecting them making a folder and everything and then having those printed because just in case like i don't know all of the computers in the world the cloud like shuts down (laughs) i need to have like the backups and then if like my house catches on fire then i gotta have it backed up to the cloud like we can't lose you know pictures of my baby so Mm -hmm. Uh, I was going through all those and I saw a video from like three years ago of her running around and that I had captioned it. It was like a story that I had on Instagram and it was like, I can't believe how active my dog is for 14. And I'm like, that was three years. But good Lord. She's old as fuck. Like wow. it was her time. She might be like the world's second oldest dog ever. So, <laughs> but even though it was her time, it doesn't make it any less hard. Right? No. And uh, it was, it, it was. Oh, you know, it's so funny. We do our job. We talk a lot about grief. We talk a lot about feelings. And I always, like, I'm always surprised when I feel the feelings, when I go, "Ah, I know all about this. How come I'm feeling this way? Oh, because you can't, that's not how it works. Just because I read about them in a book and talk about them with other people does not mean I am immune to the actual feelings. Exactly. And it's good that you're feeling the feelings. It'd be Ugh. bad if you weren't feeling any feelings. Then I you're know. And I'm like trying to avoid them. I've been busier than I've finished all. I'm all caught up on my notes. You know what that as a therapist with that, like, <laughs> we're never all caught up on our notes. Done. Check. Wow. I know. That's mm-hmm. where we're at. But that's like, bad. That's very sad. I'm just putting, so I'm just diving right into my work and you know, even my supervisor was like, you can cry. It's okay. You, sh- you should like give yourself time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's been tough, but I'm trying to remember that like the memory of her and mm-hmm. I'm like, what was she going to do? Live forever? Right. I mean, sure she won't, but, and that's kind of like all you can do is remember her and honor her and stay connected to her in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. But it's such a sweet, like unconditional love relationship and it's, you can't replace that. It was very special to like hold her while, Mm. ah, I'm going to cry. To hold her while they did it. And while, you know, it, I went to a place that like shout out to Banfield pet hospital and mm-hmm. they made it really special mm-hmm. and like 
they had just like a salt lamp in the room. The bed was on the floor. There was a bunch of treats. She like ate peanut butter the whole time. She was like, this is the best day ever. Like Aww. She was so happy. I took her out and got her French fries before, took her to the dog park and let, she wasn't interested. But, you know, I just like tried to give her like the best like last week I could and just held her. And then it, it, that moment where they're gone, it's like, Oh my goodness, you know, mm. like when they're not there anymore. And mm-hmm. it just felt like, like a shell, yeah. you know, Ugh, I'm so like, sorry, I'm like, Oh, Sarah. she's it's so crazy how that happens. Oh yeah. Spooky. Yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ah, feelings, Ugh, they're the worst. Is so he, I'm going camping liking? this weekend to yeah. make up for it. Oh, Eli was the best. Was he? He was so sweet and he like rubbed my back the whole time. He's so kind. And you know, I I am like an uh, clearly like I want to avoid the feeling. So I'm like, we'll just go to trivia tonight. Then I won't have to think about it. He's like, we're not Sarah. I was bawling. I couldn't have even walked in the door. Like he's like, do you want to go get some like fuck? Go get some soup. Yeah. You know, do you need some boba? Yeah. Aww. So I was like that. He was, he was treating you like you were treating your dog. Like, what do you need here? How yes, he yeah. was. Let me give you the best like, day. Yes, I need Boba. <laughs> I need to have half of yours, too. It's <laughs> like that. So that's how I'm doing. But it's all going to be okay because, you know, we're, we're just feeling the feelings and getting through. And this is like, I always remind myself that the the pain of the grief is equal to the depth of the love. So mm-hmm. I loved her and she was the best. And so I'm going to feel that. And that's a good thing. Yeah. That is Ugh. a good thing. Even if it's a hard thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hard things are the worst. But... <laughs> hard things are the worst. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only easy things from here on out. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Right. Are you do- dealing with any hard stuff? Um... Easy stuff? Stuff you feel like sharing? <laughs> stuff um i'm still well i mean i like officially moved out of my apartment that i was in for three and a half years and i'm in my new house which is a very fun fancy house but like you like i've been feeling grief over the apartment even though i've been like excited to leave it there's like a lot of memories attached to it and a very like messy emotional version of me like was experienced in that apartment so i have feelings of grief and loss for that time period and for that like physical apartment i'm just like ugh, i do not yeah. like feeling these feelings it is heavy <sighs> it makes and whenever i feel grief it feels like everything is grief every yeah. single thing is great you lose everything in life everything ends everything is stupid everything everything is the worst yeah. everything is so yes <laughs> oh i'm so sorry that's the worst it's so dumb but yeah so i moved out of there that was like weirdly difficult and now i'm in my new place and today yeah. i'm going to be hanging all of my art on the walls which feels like a real like okay now this is like uh, yes. officially my vibe you know yeah change is just hard transitions are hard and letting go of something even like a haircut it's yeah. like oh no, no i miss the old no we're just it's hard to adjust to change yeah it is i mean don't go getting bangs that's a crazy no don't do that don't get no well then don't come to portland because everybody has bangs here wow. oh my god it is maybe just that's a thing i just like central. feel like like you know sometimes like people have feelings like i know what i should do maybe i should cut back no don't do that <laughs> just go to a therapist 
Yeah. I mean, if you cut your hair into bangs, it takes so long to grow them out into not right. bangs, right? It's a very right. big decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, maybe I'm just like the times when I've been feeling not so great, I've definitely thought bangs were the cure or a tattoo. <laughs> and let me tell you, neither of those. <laughs> so. Okay, well, before we dive into our next question, uh, a little word from our sponsor. Thank goodness for our sponsor, Next Evo, too, because it, for me, is starting to be camping season. You hate this, Jeff. I know. But camping season also means car ride season, and I get super anxious and antsy in the car. And so what I do, my, like, go-to, chill me out, like, best friend for a car ride are my next Evo natural CBD gummies that I take these guys. Oh, magic. <laughs> I love that for you. It's, it's, uh, it's anti camping season for me. So, uh, <laughs> I get to just sleep at home and I don't have to like go on anxious car rides into the woods where you could get murdered or be attacked <laughs> by a bear. I think when you go camping, I hear that that happens 50% of the time. So if you want to be like me, stay home, uh, and fall asleep in your very comfy bed. My only issue is that I recently moved into a new place and it just feels oh. weird in here. And I'm yeah. just like, not totally feeling comfy and relaxed. And so what I do before I go to bed is I take the next Evo Naturals and it puts me to sleep like a little baby and I wake up refreshed, ready to start my day. Uh, It's so easy and it it comes in like fun little gummy flavors. So you can't complain about that, right? Yeah. So if you're stressed out like me or have trouble sleeping like Therapy Jeff and want just CBD that has better absorption and faster acting stuff, Next Evo is the stuff for you. Yes. Upgrade your CBD. Go to nextevo.com slash changes to get 20% off your first order of $40 or more. That's 20% off uh, of $40 or more at nextevo.com slash changes. Please support our channel by getting your CBDs from Next Evo. Uh, okay, well, let's let's transition from this very sad energy right. that we've created here into something a little bit more <laughs> upbeat with like some of the questions that people have sent us. And we tried to pick questions that are interesting and that are also like relatable, maybe. So yeah, uh, let's start with this first one. I'll go ahead and read it. It says, "I've started listening to your podcast after loving the social content, and I have a question. Thank you for." listening to the podcast. We love, leave a review, please. Um, they go on to say the common comment slash question I get from my friends is this, you're a great catch. Why are you single? Mm -hmm. Uh, and they say that they're tired of this because it implies that something is wrong with them. The, why you're single, I guess is like, there must be something wrong with you. You're so lovely yet. You're still single. Mm -hmm. And then they say, I don't want to be single, but have you been on these dating apps recently? (laughs) They're fucking bonkers. Uh, who has the time to weed through all that mess? I know that avoidant attachment style makes me loopy and I've done this and I've done the work still working on being a better version of me, but how can I go? How can, how can I, how can a gal one, find someone without the apps and two, what's the best response to the comment slash question combo that always gets Mm. thrown at me? Let's start with that second question. How do you, like, if you were somebody that was, that was told like, you're so great. Why are you still single? Like, how would you? Yeah, I am so great. I got to find somebody else who's equal to this greatness. (laughs) Does it not just settle in for anybody? Does it hurt you if you get like? Does it annoy you when people if if somebody has said that to you in the past? 
Hmm. Well, I tend to be the serial dater. I'm like okay, so you're in a relationship single. a lot, or I'm hardcore <laughs> single. And then everybody knows why I'm, I'm like, Nope, not to, I'm like very vocal about why I'm not single. So, um, yeah, but I have, this is something that I hear from friends and I, I would say that I, you know, kind of t- give everybody a chance and maybe end up in relationships that I shouldn't be in because I'm like, Oh, mm. I'm going to learn something in this. So, <laughs> you know, it kind of depends. Like, I always like to to ask the question of like, what function is this behavior serving? So is there some, mm, and, and this is a hard one to kind of have to investigate and like hold up the mirror and ask there. I mean, there's a few things that could be going on here, of course, mm-hmm. but you know, one is like, how is being single or not being in a relationship, keeping you safe or protecting you? And sometimes we, avoid things to then not feel hurt or not feel like Mm -hmm. feelings, whatever, you know? (laughs) So we put up walls that we don't even realize we are putting up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're putting up walls. So asking yourself if you're like avoiding a relationship because of the fear of intimacy Mm -hmm. or maybe you need to have like I don't know. I don't like when people say this, but I think it's true sometimes. Like maybe you need to like adjust your expectations, yeah. have more realistic expectations, um, be open to like accepting more flaws and imperfections. Know that like there's a possibility that you're like idealizing, uh, like you're looking for your like idealized partner when that's not very realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, there, but there's, I don't know if anybody has ever said to me like, you're so amazing. Why are you still single? But I've gotten like, a, a different kind of version, which is sort of like, you're so great. Why haven't you like, why aren't you in a long-term relationship? Yeah. You know, yeah. like what's going on oh, there? I've got that one before. Yeah. Uh huh. And for me, I feel like I'm happy with my, like, I haven't, I'm not in like a long-term relationship. I haven't found like my like life person yet, but I'm out there looking around and I'm okay with like my shorter term relationships. I've had a 10 year relationship um, plenty of like two year and three year and four year relationships. And I don't see any of those relationships or I don't see most of those relationships as like failures. Yes. I'm glad you said that. Right. They like, they served a purpose. We were both really happy. We grew and evolved. Maybe like we got to a point where there was no more growth or uh, available. And so it's just sort of like moved on. Maybe it was like a hard ending or a mutual one. Um, and so I look back on all my relationships and I'm like, I love that I had them. And sure, I'll probably like still continue to look for my like forever person. Mm-hmm. But if I like go through another like two or three 10 year relationships, that's fine with me as well. Um, so there's like, I think that like that question is coming from like, maybe like a toxic monogamy sort of place uh-huh. of like, you need to find your person, be monogamous with them and be with them forever and go mm-hmm. on the relationship escalator. Um, when that's not always the case, we're into something more alternative these days. Yeah. And you know, you can be saying like, maybe we're being too selective and maybe we need to like change our expectations, mm-hmm. but maybe, there needs to be more uh, vetting in the selection process. And it sounds like this is somebody who, like, as I said, has done the work and gone to therapy. And if you are dating guys who I'm assuming this is a woman, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you're dating people that uh, have not done the work themselves, you are going to feel really frustrated with the options and the, the it's like, 
you're in emotional junior high and they're in emotional kindergarten or Mm -hmm. first grade and you you can't hang out. You're going to be like, Oh Mm -hmm. God, that, okay, good job. But like, that's not how you do it. You know, you're going to talk like, it's going to feel like you're talking to a freaking kindergartner. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that what is the, uh, um, criteria, like dating criteria that you have, like it, it, could it be, um, Oh, I heard it. Who is the, who is the author? Um, I can't remember his name, but he wrote this amazing book called the whole brain child, Mark Seligman. I think so. Something Seligman, Daniel, Daniel Siegel. Yes. You got to the, you got there. I got there. That was it. (laughs) I named like four other different like people before that, but I got there. It's Uh called the whole brain child. It's fantastic. And he talks about navigating the banks of chaos and rigidity where on we think think of yourself as like going down the river in a canoe and on one side we have being super rigid and super strict and controlled and rules and they have to be like this and this might be the women who are like he needs to be over like 511 mm-hmm. you are missing out on a short king let me tell you <laughs> i will say this till the day i die um so it could be that too rigid or mm-hmm. other side too loosey goosey. Like we're not, we're, we have no, we're, that's like chaos over there where mm-hmm. we're just like letting anybody through. And maybe you're like not weeding out the bad ones. And of course you're going to be drained and exhausted going on a date with a bunch of duds. Mm-hmm. We got to find the middle. So mm-hmm. either way, if we are too far over to either one of those bank, we're going to get stuck in the rocks. So we want to like balance. So we're going with the flow. Yes. Find your balance, figure out where you are on the spectrum and, you know, still stay in alignment with what you want and try to find other people that can match you. Um, the the other part of this question is, like, where can I find people not on the apps? How do you, Sarah, how do you feel about, like, sliding into people's DMs on, like, social media and flirting them up? Does that feel, like, gross to you or are you open to it? I'm open to any way that people want to get together. The thing is... it. The, the foot that you lead with, the way that you start a relationship can sometimes set a tone or, um, it can be difficult. It it somehow comes up later. Like Mm. if you are somebody who's part, like slid into a DM, there might be a little feeling of jealousy from the people from, I don't know, you Mm -hmm. or your partner later, if somebody's liking somebody else on social Mm -hmm. media or sending a bunch of messages and comments, they might get feelings. So like, you know, this, this happens no matter what situation you're in. But, you know, I just think that with anything, you just have to be aware of, of Mm -hmm. maybe how that may play out later in the relationship. But I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think this is like, I I mean, this is really going to date me, but my first boyfriend uh, was from, MySpace. So, <laughs> do you remember yes. on MySpace there was the top eight? Oh yes, I do. And you had to like that was brutal. Where you like brutal ranked your top eight oh. friends, <laughs> and it wasn't just just getting in the top eight, but you wanted to be like number one. Yeah, and that shit was changing all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I knew. And you know what? This, it, yeah. Now they think of it. Uh, he cheated on me with somebody that he met on was like sneaking in a TM. So this, oh, really? this may be a little personal experience that I, <laughs> yeah. A little, yeah. 
So yeah, I think yeah, sliding into people's DMs as long as you're not like weird and gross, yeah, and you're like you know nice and flirty. Yeah, no then... dick pics. Come on, don't oh, be weird. God. Yeah, no, don't start with that shit. Yeah. Um. But where else? They, they, I was telling you before we started the show that there's um. Who is it? This like company or app or something website called Cuff, and mm-hmm. they like put on a bunch of single events here in I love Portland. This. Yeah, so it's not even like speed dating. It's just like everybody go to this like bar that we all love in Portland, mm-hmm. and tonight it's just going to be like just single people showing up. So if you can try to find events yes. where there's uh, stuff like that going on, what else, Sarah? I have wonderful eligible friends who have tried speed dating and like uh-huh. that. So like yes. I think some people think like. Oh, I don't know. Are, are, are people like me going to be doing that? Yes. I saw one that was like speed dating workout in the park where they were like doing workouts and mm. like speed dating doing that. Mm-hmm. So you can find things that like fit your interest. Single events are again, but I think a lot of people are feeling really burnt out from online dating and they want the relationship, but they want to do it in a way that's maybe more authentic. That's uh, getting to know the person more than just what's, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. presented on paper or screen or whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah. So don't be afraid to try alternative ways. Like what's the worst that can happen? You leave without a date, that's exactly how you got there. So Mm -hmm. nothing to lose, a lot to learn. And with anything, like, I think we often try to avoid uncomfortable feelings. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that because that's scary. I don't want to do that. Everything that it, like, I think of it as like, you know, if you're like, if you say you like sledding on like in the snow, Mm-hmm. You want to have a nice ride down, really fun, enjoyable time. You're going to have to hike. You're going to have to climb. You can like not put in any work and, and not be uncomfortable, but then your ride is not going to be that fun. And not... so like, sometimes we have to like, for things that are enjoyable and things that maybe like there's a payoff and may benefit us in some way. Sometimes we have to put a little work in and we might be a little bit uncomfortable, uncomfortable. or suffer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Okay. Yes, that's okay. You're going to have to kind of like get out of your comfort zone. Yes. And that's a place where you grow. Yes. Um, yes. I support that, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and one last thing. Like if you don't like it when people are saying like, you're so wonderful, why are you single? You can tell them to stop or you can tell them that like it hurts your feelings or you can ask them why they're saying that or that's not helpful. Just give them direct feedback so that they shut the fuck up if you can't mm-hmm. stand that question anymore. Uh, okay. Here's a question that I get all the time. In fact, my friend just asked this on social media like yesterday and she got the same answer from a bunch of people. She was asking, how do I take care of my hair that seems to be, uh, thinning and changing the older I get? And I came to a rescue and I was like, girl, I got the thing for you. And not just me, but um, multiple people wrote her and said, have you heard of Nutrafol? This mm-hmm. is the stuff. This is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement. Everybody's talking about it. So if you're somebody who experiences hair loss, if you're looking for um, uh, like something to handle the multiple causes of thinning hair, I mean, totally. like 
what is it? Stress, aging, having a baby. Like there are a million different reasons. <laughs> Genetics. Yeah. Genetics. And, and that's the thing is that like hair loss runs in my family. So it's, so the, what I think is the best thing for me to do is to like start taking Nutrafol yes. way before I ever see any sort of thinning hair, just so I can mm-hmm. kind of like preemptively get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that sort of like makes it so that I can have like really healthy, thick, luscious hair as I continue to grow older. And, and, and I'm like not ashamed to say that like, if I like start like thinning hair or anything like that, I just start to get like really self-conscious about it. So this is yeah. one of the things that I can do in order to make sure that I can feel really good about how I and look. I like something that's backed up by science. You know, we love a nice clinical study. So clinical yes. studies showed that 72% of men saw more scalp coverage. That's a big one, scalp coverage. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. 86% of women saw improved hair growth after just six months. So there you go. Yeah, it's nuts. You can grow thicker, healthier hair (laughs) and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code CHANGES to save $10 off your first month subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Get $10 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. The promo code is CHANGES. Yes, and I know you guys have been hearing about this stuff and are thinking to get it anyway. So this way you can support our show and support healthy scalp and hair. (laughs) There you go. Um, Okay, let's go to another question. So this one is, um, how do I shift the dynamic with my parents as I grow up? Uh, And I want to... uh, I want want them to respect me as an adult, and I want to become more like friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you this said that this one. is this is something that you talk about with your clients, right? Yeah, this is a big one that I I maybe at the age that I work with, I work with a lot like that transition from a parent child relationship to more of a peer to peer relationship is really hard especially if you have those moments when you go back home and you know we try mm-hmm. to set healthy boundaries and maybe break away from patterns and, and talk to behavior that we saw in our family growing up, even things that weren't necessarily like, Oh my God, my parents are so terrible, but you recognize ways that you want to be different or ways that you want to uh, respond in a healthier way, how you like, how you want to grow in how you communicate. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you go back home, it can feel like, that something about the uh, relationship shifts to where, like, I mean, for, I know for myself, I all of a sudden am at responding like a 15-year-old, mm. and I, I have such a difficult time because we are just, like, it's like a time machine we step Ugh. back into in those... It's the worst. And it takes... <laughs> it is so hard, and it takes active effort... And communication and discussion of feelings on both sides for it to transform into one of those more like peer-to-peer relationships. Yeah. And there's – so on your end, one of the things that you might have to do is kind of like – 
let go. Like maybe you didn't get all your needs met as a kid and maybe you deserved even more love or attention or whatever. You have to kind of like let go or forgive your parents for not being as good as you wanted them to be. Like maybe they, they did their best, but you still probably deserved even better. Like that is like a very universal thing that we yes. all go through. Um, and if you're still harboring resentment, which I want to like validate, I totally get it. If you're still really frustrated and angry and you're like seeking that sort of like unconditional regard or love or support, like I, I get that. That makes a lot of sense. But if there's a lot of pain and hurt there, then you might not be able to have that sort of peer-to-peer, more yes. friendly relationship, right? Yeah. Then you're, you know, are you going in there in a reactive place where you're reacting to mm-hmm. the energy and the the emotions that your parents are putting out? Or are you there in a more active place where you're aware of how you're responding, aware of the choice that you have in how you can answer back, you know, and also said like accepting the parent that you have. Yes. Accepting them for who they are, all their flaws and imperfections and some of the, you know, behaviors that they did that let you down. Um, it's, and, but you know, one of the problems or one of the issues, I guess, is there's a, there's a ingrained power dynamic totally. or like the parent was always had the power and mm-hmm. you are not as powerful. And to like, for that to change or shift, that's probably going to take time. Like you're not going to be able to do it in one weekend having like heart to heart talks. Uh, but the parent also has to be open to changing. So you're going to have to have a conversation, like a real honest conversation of trying to figure out what your future relationship is going to look like and then continuing to try to be deliberate about creating that relationship as you move forward. So if you feel like you're not being respected or understood, you need to let them know that you're feeling those things. And hopefully the parent can kind of like put their shit to the side and just understand what your emotional experience is or what your like personal experience is of the relationship. But it takes a lot of like deliberate effort to change this. And I don't know if it's ever really going to fully be changed. Like there's just sort of like a biological thing. Like a a parent is going to be super protective or also maybe really judgy and they show their love in these like controlling ways sometimes, whatever. Yes. Right. That I think you really hit the nail on the head where you're like, they show their love mm-hmm. in that way. When mm-hmm. that is the empathy and understanding and compassion that we as a child have to come in there with, because if you reject those, which are efforts of love mm-hmm. from them, it feels like you're straight up rejecting their love and saying, like, I don't need you to be my mom anymore. I don't need you to be my dad. That is like, that's their identity that a lot of people like build their, who they are. If you ask a mom, like, what are some 10 traits that define you? She might just throw mother on that list. And then for you to be like, I don't want you to do that job anymore. (laughs) That is, that's a hard pill to swallow. That's, that's something that's going to take, like I said, a lot more and maybe even reiterating like the ways that you see love from your parents and say, Oh mom, it's like, give them the parent tasks so they can maybe lighten up and, and I don't know, let the foot off the gas in, in some other mm-hmm. area where they may be like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. coming on a little too strong. Yeah. 
so they, you know, they're like, this question is like, how do you get them to respect you as an adult? Um, there still can be like a parent child dynamic Mm-hmm. And they can respect you as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not feeling respected, again, like we're saying, like bring that up and let them know when you don't, when you're not feeling respected. But it's, I guess you can like try to have compassion for them. Yes. I'm not a parent, so I hate parents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so That's I have so to like funny. deliberately like yeah. bring up that compassion, like create that compassion yes. for a parent because I don't know what that like lived experience is like. Um, and uh, it's it's if you can like have compassion for them, then they're not going to feel shamed. There's like this parental shame. Like sometimes, yeah. like parental shame is some of like the worst shame you could ever feel. And so sometimes parents are like reacting that way, and they can be really defensive or attacky. This is, I mean, this is like a really complicated, dynamic, loaded relationship that may mm-hmm. never feel like even or peer to peer for the rest of your life. And and also like maybe that's okay. Like it, it's it's nice to have a parent that you can lean on even when you're a full grown adult and you're just like, sometimes you're just like, I want my mom. You yes, know? Yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. that's sweet. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. a tough one. And yeah, give them, give them parent jobs. They love that. And you know, I, one of the things I want to say is, is like when they, when the, in the question they say, what do you do if you want them to respect you? Well, what kind of actions would you as an adult need to have in that situation to earn their respect? Mm-hmm. You know, if you show up and you're like, ah, mom and dad, you never respect me. That feels kind of teenagery, like mm-hmm. temper tantrum. So mm-hmm. come with adult energy, come with that uh, energy of somebody who's like deserving respect, because mm-hmm. this is it. Like, we can't change other people. We can only change ourselves. And if your parents are listening, maybe I would be talking to them, but you're <laughs> listening right now. So instead I'm talking to you and this is what you can do. And we have to like check what is the energy that we're bringing in there. If we're bringing in bratty teenage energy and frustrated with our parents because they're just not listening, then they're going to keep treating us like that. So that's a good point. Yeah. What is your role in the dynamic and what's the energy yeah. you're bringing into it? I, I personally have boomer parents and so especially my dad is kind of like, you need to respect your elders sort of shit. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I can't respect you when you (laughs) say that you've lost all fucking respect. This is so dumb. And, but he's Mm -hmm. like, that is really like hammered home. His parents told him that. And he's telling me that he's like not able to evolve. And so there's like certain things that get in the way of like having a more peer to peer kind of relationship yeah. with, with my parents. And I've sort of like accepted the fact that that's not really ever going to happen. That's the acceptance. part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just have to, this is what we're going to get. I had a camp counselor once. I'll never forget this. And I'm sure I said this as a camp counselor as well, uh, who said respect is something that's lost, never something that's earned with you guys. Mm-hmm. Like she ha- was like, I respect you guys. Like right off the bat, your people, you deserve respect, but your actions those are what make me lose mm-hmm. respect for you. Mm-hmm. And I never will. I would never forget that. I was like, oh, I can't lose her respect. <laughs> it's like very important. Like, yeah. Good life lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before we get to our next question, let's talk about your favorite time of the year. Summertime. Yep. Camping season. <laughs> you love camping I know. season. Anytime. And, and what's the most important thing when you go camping and you're like exposing your skin to the sun? Sun protection. 
That's right, Sarah. Yeah, let's talk yes. about our favorite sun protection. And let me tell you, not all sunscreens are created equal. Mm-hmm. So much are filled with all those chemicals. And I've got really, really sensitive skin. So I need something that's going to be like dermatologist recommended and not going to like have all the you know, gross stuff in it. Mm-hmm. I want like quick absorbing, hydrating, lightweight that gives me that full total like broad spectrum protection. Yes, and native sunscreen is made with oils derived from plants that seal in skin moisture and is vegan and cruelty-free. So it's like a guilt-free sunscreen. And how campy, even the name, native. It's like native native sunscreen. (laughs) Like It feels like it's supposed to be when I'm taking camping. And I'm going this weekend, and it's already packed in my back. I got the face sunscreen that's just the right size to fit in my little camping backpack and... Yeah. Nice. What's your favorite scent, Sarah? Oh, I like the, what is it? Coconut pineapple, coconut and pineapple. It tastes, it tastes like I'm not eating it. Don't worry. <laughs> it smells like summer in a tube. It like, it's got like that tropical kind of like, well, you know, like the classic sunscreen smell and I love it. Oh, I'm more of a sweet peach and nectar kind of guy. Oh. Anything, any peach flavored and like anything that can get me back to like that sweet peach tea snapple flavor i'm just like (laughs) i'm going for it uh so i like sweet sweet peach and nectar uh whenever i'm like brave enough to venture into the sun which i do all the time because i have to like take walks and listen to podcasts yeah little mental health walks we love exactly so i go ahead and put on my native sunscreen so you should give your skin the protection it deserves with natives mineral sunscreens go to nativedo.com slash tce or use our promo code TCE at checkout to get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash TCE or use promo code TCE at checkout. nativedeo.com slash TCE or use promo code TCE. Okay, next question. Will you and Jeff talk about staying in a relationship when your partner cheats? I saw on the house camera a woman walk in, and it's been constant flashbacks. And I asked all the questions Esther, Esther Perel, says not to ask in her talk about infidelity. It's <laughs> when you see, yeah. when you actually like see the person yes. that your partner cheated on, oh my God, that is just burned into your memory. It's so hard. I'm not familiar with the questions that she say, says not to ask. Neither am I. We probably should have oh. looked it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, love, sure we love her though. Love her. In fact, Eli just finished reading Mating in Captivity Ooh, and he said that. it was fascinating. And he said, shout out to us because we're already doing the things that she gives advice mm, on. And I was like, oh, we better. Okay. Um, yeah. Getting over cheating is really hard. You know, I, I have heard that and this is this was in my work with couples like i remember in in couples therapy and like class mm-hmm. and whatever they call that grad mm-hmm. school they were saying that when there is infidelity the person who gets cheated on can ask any question that they want that there is this like uh the unasked questions will cause Mm. problems. So, you know, you can't like, I don't know. We don't need every single detail. Maybe. I mean, I'm I'm wondering if you got cheated on, do you want to ask every single question? I did get cheated on and I did ask every, and I pulled out this, I was like, (laughs) here's the, here's where it shows 
Right in the book. <laughs> I was like, you're going to have to tell me everything. And Was that I, helpful for you or was that too much information? It... Ooh, it's a tough one because it, it yeah. feels like not knowing would have been more painful and more uncomfortable, but the knowing did not relieve any of my feel. I think we're looking for those f- at somehow asking all the questions will satisfy some need or some like, or, you know, our brain will be like, oh, oh, there's the explanation for why. Good. Now I got everything. Now I'm not in pain over this. And there is not any, there is no amount of questions that you can ask that will get rid of the feelings that come with that situation. Yeah. I mean, I totally understand the curiosity of wanting to know all the details. Cause like you're saying, like living in the uncertainty and then mm-hmm. like imagining what happened there is so painful. Um, so, and I, I also like if a, if a couple comes in and there's infidelity and someone's like, I want to ask all these questions. Yeah. Like, yeah, they get to ask all the questions and you yeah. need to answer honestly. However, I'll like interrupt every now and then be like, what's the purpose of this that question? Is it. Yes. What are you trying to get here? Cause if you're like wanting to just get like reassurance and love and comfort, there's other ways to get that or to like ask for that in a more direct way. Um, are you asking because you're trying to hurt them? Are you asking because like you're ruminating, ruminating and you think that this is going to be helpful? Mm-hmm. Like what's the, and I'm, I'm not going to like stop you from asking, right. uh, but we want to know what the purpose is. Cause there may be a better way to answer yeah. this question. I was 100% asking to then later weaponize that information mm-hmm. in a fight and be like, Oh yeah. Well, at least I didn't do this and this and this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And keep in mind that like when your studies show that like when there is infidelity more often than not, the couple stays together. Yeah. Uh, So like you can work this out. Most Mm -hmm. couples uh, and people in relationships stay together. It's Mm -hmm. okay. But there's usually like what needs to happen is just like, okay, so there was that part of the relationship. Now a brand new chapter in our relationship is starting. Yes. Um, so really kind of like turning that page together and making sure that the person who did the cheating understands the impact that they've had on you, the mm-hmm. trust that is broken, the respect that's no longer there, the sadness, the pain, the hurt, the like, you know, like, and, and then you have to like try to figure out like what needs to happen in order to like, rebuild all those things. This would be very difficult to do without therapy. Oh my God. I couldn't even imagine a situation where even people who were the most communicative and and aware and like just Mm -hmm. to have somebody mediate that conversation. Mm -hmm. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. So a lot of times, like, so if you're feeling like a lot of pain because you saw this woman on the camera... 
then you probably need your partner to empathize with that experience for you instead of like defending themselves, which is Mm -hmm. a natural, like you want to defend yourself, obviously, like we all are defensive when it comes down to it. But if he, if they can like put that to the side and really understand what your emotional experience is. So that's a lot of times that's why we keep on asking questions over and over again, because we're not feeling heard. We're not feeling understood. We're not feeling seen. Uh, It feels like they don't get us or like we're so hurt. We just want them to like understand the pain. So let them know that like, you your pain is not being acknowledged likely and they need to really kind of like spend some time there it's very hard to not get in the blamey like i can't believe you did this you're the worst ever how could you do that to me which is not really communicating how it affected you and how it made you feel Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i feel so taken advantage of i feel so hurt. I feel so whatever it is. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's like, yes, you are focusing on like the image of the woman that you saw on the camera. If you never saw that, you'd probably be focusing on something else. Totally. It's, it's the pain that's underneath that. Yes. That needs to be acknowledged. That needs to be talked about. So I want to like validate that that is like a haunting image and also, like, you're going to feel haunted no matter what happened, likely. Everybody, yeah, it doesn't matter whether you see it or you don't see it. It is, there will be, I mean, that's, like, what those, like, trigger things are. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people also get stuck on the why. Like, why did you do this? Why did this happen? Um, and it's so, like, it's it's... Uh, there's a lot of like folks who are sort of like you wake up one morning and your partner like kisses you good morning and then goes out and cheats on you. Like that's just like such a, like a mind fuck. Right. So your reality is shattered and you have to like build back a new reality. Yeah. It really makes you question everything. And it's, it's, it's a difficult one, but the, like talking about it, and understanding the feelings behind it, it is something that you can overcome. And it is something that can make people even closer. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't recommend this as a strategy to, for closeness. <laughs> but no. if if you, like it, anything, this is like a, a trying situation on any relationship that really puts a lot of stress on the relationship. And if you can connect and communicate in a, in a honest and authentic way, then I think it can help with like growth on for both partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But both sure. partners have to be willing to do that and like have the commitment to the relationship. Like I feel like it's hard to know like where mm-hmm. the other person is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. like Sarah's saying, we encourage you to go to counseling. If yeah. You can access it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even just to talk about, like, you might not be ready for couples therapy or anything like that, but even just to go and talk about your own feelings and have those validated and, you know, that will feel good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sarah, do you know what can save your relationship? <laughs> wild grain wild grain yeah, i know what you're gonna say and you know what this i am very grateful for wild grain because as you may have heard i've talked about like eli going keto recently yeah i that is so good for him and i support him in that 
I also support my love of bread. <laughs> it is so delicious and so good. And now I get all the croissants for myself and I don't have to share them. But what I've recently discovered from Wild Grain are, oh, they're English muffins. Mm. Oh my God. It, we're not eating. It's different. Regular, like baked English muffins, like fresh from frozen, like bake. It smells like a, a freaking uh, well, bakery in your own house. <laughs> These are on another level. We made some, well, he made the bread free kind. So like I ate his yeah. serving, but, uh, uh, what do they call eggs? Benedict with like homemade mm. hollandaise sauce and like s- sauteed spinach on it with some bacon. Oh, it was so good. I'm so, so grateful good. for my wild grain subscription. Yeah. And I eat uh, bread every day. I'm a big bread guy. And yeah. <laughs> and when you upgrade your bread, everything you eat oh. tastes better. And I eat a sandwich for lunch every day. And when I use wild grain bread, it's like a look, it's just like the most elegant fancy boy sandwich for this very fancy boy. Um, so great. And also we love the croissants, right? And the chocolate yes. croissants. Oh my God. So good. And don't worry, you're going to get those free in every box. Exactly. So for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box. Like Sarah said, when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCE to start your subscription, you heard me. Free croissants in every box. Sarah promises. And 30 days off your very first box. Uh, $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCE. That's wildgrain.com slash TCE. Or you can use the promo code TCE at checkout. Yes. Thank you, guys. You, you're going to be writing us and saying, oh, my God, I had no idea. You're yeah, welcome. Look at that. It's a big deal. Helping you out so many different ways over here. Uh, there's another question here that is very much related, probably. Um just a real short one. It says, how can I just let it go? <laughs> and if there's no context, mm-hmm. just sort of mm-hmm. like, how do I let it go? Um, and there's, uh, I, I kind of like want to respond to that when being like, you first, like, yes, let's, let's just try to figure out how you can let it go. But also if you don't want to let it go yet, then don't let it go. Right. I think that there's like a narrative of like, we need to be chill. We need to let things roll off our back. Like we need to not make a big deal out of things. But if something is a really big deal and you're having mm-hmm. a big emotional response or experience, then I want you to like really acknowledge it. Um, so don't just try to let something go because you think that you should or that you would be more likable if you just like let things go. It's sort of like falling into that, um, you know, um, I'm a... I just want to be a really chill person and that would be like really attractive to everybody. So in order to do that, I have to have no needs or no emotional reactions or something, right? There's a fantastic book out there called Life is in the Transitions. Mm. Uh, It's by an author named Bruce Feller. And it's, I think the subtitle is uh, Mastering Change at Any Age. Mm. And there's a really interesting, uh, uh, I guess, study. He, He looked at thousands of people and interviewed thousands of people and asked them about the events that happened in their life that were the most like disruptive that, that caused the most change in their life. This could be like a big breakup, a divorce, something that we would quote unquote, like have to get over it about. 
And he looked at the average length of time it took to recover from what he called these life quakes. They were like, that's what he called them. Like these moments in our, in our life that are like earthquakes that happen in our life. And they're like aftershocks afterwards. And it's a whole thing. So on average, when you have a big change, it's five years hmm. to go through it, to recover from it, to, to feel like balanced again. So if you're like, it's been six months. I don't understand. I just need to get over it. Whoa. Mm. You got some time. Like, this is a big life change. Mm-hmm. And you are not uh, uh, on a time schedule to for healing. And again, what would not, like I always go to, what would 90 year old you think? Like, oh, you're not over it in two years, three years. What? That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's really not a long time in the big picture, but it feels like forever. Those feelings, especially with heartache, with grief, Mm. with loss, with mm, something we wanted that we didn't get, whatever it was, those feel, it feels like that. How am I ever going to feel different? I, I'm, this feeling is never going to go away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, I mean, the one of the things that we do as therapists is just like hold space for someone's emotions, whether it's mm-hmm. grief or anger or sadness or whatever. And it's it's not so much about like how do you let go of it, it's how do you get in touch with it, how do you yeah. experience it, how do you allow it to pass through your body, you know. Um yes. and there's so much like what we do in therapy is just sort of validating everybody's experience by mm-hmm. saying the things that you're saying. Like it's actually only been three months or six months yeah. or two years. These are this was a huge, impactful thing that happened to you. And which kind of makes it which then we usually start talking about like how can you have compassion for yourself? Yes. So a lot of it is about self-compassion and you most likely would have compassion for your friend or a family member or somebody that's like going through, but you're not having compassion for yourself. And I get it. Like you're, we're always kind of hard on ourselves. And like you're saying, Sarah, we're the ones that are feeling the feeling and don't want to fucking feel it anymore. (laughs) So it's easy to say that to somebody else who's feeling the feeling and we're not, you just want it to go away. But like these, this is probably going, if it's a big event, it's probably going to be a life-changing experience where you grow and evolve and it's going to take years to actually do that. So this is like upsetting, like uh, feedback that we're giving you, but it's just sort of like settle into that feeling mm-hmm. and allow it to be there. You might have sad days. You might have yes. a rough month. Uh, it's, you're probably not going to be sad or angry or whatever, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. There will be moments where, where you forget about it or you have fun or you don't think about it or whatever. You're not mm-hmm. ruminating. I don't know. Uh, but allow it to come up and be with that emotion and hold compassion for yourself Whenever you experience it. Sometimes when we've gone, gone through a lot and, you know, we were like reflecting over the past on a week, month or whatever, like, Oh God, I feel so sad. It's been so awful. Life is so terrible. But if you really look at it on a day to day, like you said, most of it is, I mean, maybe like regular, like, you know, but you know, you're watching a new episode of Ted Lasso. You're not like in pain. That show's fantastic. So we, so I, I can, I see a lot of benefit. There are some great apps out there that help you track your mood, or you can do like a daily diary card where you, um, you know, you can print out like, what's my, 
week look like? And they have little boxes you can check for, um, you know, was I feeling sad or happy or euphoric mm-hmm. or angry or whatever? And you can rank those on like, well, how intense was it? Scale of one to 10, whatever. But anything to give you a little bit of uh, insight and awareness into how you are doing may help that process along to tell yourself, Oh, I'm actually okay. Well, you know, this wasn't terrible. I had a good day. I had, I was okay. Maybe Mm -hmm. next week we could have two good days. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. So all of that being said, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is a a very important disclaimer. Um, you also might want to just try to let it go. (laughs) So, so there are like certain situations where like maybe you're holding on to a lot of Mm -hmm. anger or yeah. resentment, or you're, you're saying like you want closure and you haven't gotten the closure that you deserve. And so a lot of times we don't let go of things because we're like, we need to get something from somebody else. Yes. They need to apologize. They need to have accountability. They need to take responsibility for the pain that they caused. And while I hope that they do and that you fucking deserve it a hundred percent, they may not do that because people are bad at that or they don't like to take accountability. It's hard to actually do those things. And so then you have to make the decision eventually to let go and either, I don't know, forgive them almost in like a selfish way, like forgiving them so that you don't have to hold on to the pain. Yes. Um, and, or just understanding maybe like why they did what they did. That's, this is hard to do. So, yes. uh, but if you can be like even more understanding of what their experience was that maybe like they tried their best or they did their mm-hmm. best with the information and awareness they had, or, um, I don't want to continue giving them this power over me. Like, yeah. Right. That's I'm a mad. big one. Yeah. And so sometimes just like realizing that you're like creating a powerless situation by giving them the power, like they need to say, sorry, that's so much power that you're giving them. Maybe take that power back and make a shift. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. What's Mm -hmm. what, how is it uh, serving you or not serving you to hold on to this thing that you can't let go of? Most of the time it's not affecting them as much as it is affecting you. In which case, yeah, they're still you're giving them all that power. Yeah. It's oh. such a, I've, it's such a therapy cliche line to say, like, is this serving you? How is it serving yeah. you? But it's a really good question to ask yourself that. And uh, yeah. more often than not, it's not really serving you. So sometimes you just have to make that mental shift mm-hmm. and try to let it go. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And prioritize your own stuff. Prioritize yourself. You know, I think, that, um, if we are consumed with thinking about others or what somebody else is doing or how somebody else needs to let something go, uh, maybe letting thoughts about yourself and, and you and what things you like occupy a little more of that brain space. Mm -hmm. Like it's an opportunity to like, let that go and get selfish and prioritize your needs and dive into something you're interested in. Like, Mm-hmm. You know, could be letting, who knows what we're letting go here. So <laughs> covering yeah. all the bases. Yeah. Good luck letting it go. Yeah. I think we have time for one more. Okay. There's another one that I wanted to. So, um, when should someone choose to stay versus leave a relationship with a good person when someone else seems like a better fit? So if you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. having a good time, feeling good, needs are being met healthy relationship all in all, but all of a sudden it seems like somebody else out there could be a better fit for you. Um, how do you figure out if you should stay or if you should leave? Do you have any good advice? 
I mean, what I think we've, you talked about this a while back where like, what is it about that other person that they are bringing out in you that you are missing that you feel like your relationship doesn't have? Like maybe it's a, you can connect to this other person and and talk more openly. Well, can we try for that in the relationship that you're in? You Mm -hmm. know, I think it's, we only ever see one side. Well, maybe like we don't, I should say we don't see the full picture of somebody Mm -hmm. when we are not in a long-term relationship with them. Like you're going to get a different version of that person. I mean the same person, but you might just see some things that like aren't as attractive. Maybe Mm -hmm. if you were in a relationship with them, living with them, like, Mm-hmm. Not everybody is, you know, it's like a shiny new toy. Like, Yes, that is happening. Grass looks greener sort yeah. of deal. And also uh, ask yourself, like, do you, do you want to be in a long-term relationship? If you want to be in a long-term relationship or a forever relationship, then you're going to have to kind of get through these periods yeah. where all of a sudden it feels like maybe there's somebody who's a better fit for you. But if we believe that. What if that's true, that another person that you've met could be a better fit for you? Uh, That is never ending, probably. There's always somebody, excluding like Sarah and Eli's relationship, there's probably somebody who's always (laughs) a better fit for you. I think you two are perfect. I think it's it's true. I mean, you make a decision. Like, say that other person is a better fit. Like, let's play. I love Mm -hmm. that. I love Mm -hmm. playing that game. Let's let's go with that. Think about the work that you would have to do to get comfortable in a relationship or like, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to mm. like start like the, mm-hmm. oh, we got to negotiate this. We got to negotiate that. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm good. You yeah. know? And when does it end? Because then you'll be Never. with a better fit and then you'll find somebody else who's a better fit. And it just like, it's, there's always better fits. There's seven or oh, 8 right. billion people or whatever it is. Yeah. Out, yeah like there's going to be a better fit. So it's about like settling into your relationship. And yeah. like what Sarah's saying, sort of like, it's, it's hard to kind of transition into a new relationship sometimes. And uh, it's about mm-hmm. kind of like in a long-term relationship, it's about creating memories together. Yes. And going through like important things together so that you like look back on your 10, 20, 30, 50 year relationship Mm -hmm. and you're just like, oh, look at all this time that we spent and how connected we are. And there was times where where it was hard or we felt like disconnected or it felt like there was better fits out there for us. But we kept on choosing each other. The act of being in a long-term relationship is just choosing each other every day, right? And that feels safe, feels good, Mm -hmm. feels like... Yes, all that being said, I think that Sarah and I are relationship advocates. So we're always trying to kind yes. of like advocate for the current relationship you're in and get your needs met or speak up, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But if you want to leave them for a better fit, then go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's also a choice yeah. too. We if do that. You, okay. Also, let's talk about that. If you want to do that, then I think, like I said before, earlier in this episode, the foot that you start with is going to direct the rest of your relationship. And Mm -hmm. like, so if you say, don't talk about this with your current partner Mm -hmm. and cheat on them with this partner and then decide to leave, that is now a relationship that started with Mm -hmm. lies and secrets. And yeah, I recommend communicating to the other person and 
maybe ending one relationship before starting another one. Right. You want to be able to look back on this relationship if it ends and be like, I was really ethical and upfront and I feel proud of myself. And lily padding from one relationship to another there's risk involved. Yes. There's just inherently like that's just sort of a risky thing to do. It it sometimes it works. There's exceptions right. to all the rules. Yada yada yada. Like whatever. Um, but this is also you're not the only person that's dealing with this. Like this is a thing that we all deal with in long term relationships. Of mm-hmm. what would what would it be like if I was with somebody yeah. who's a better fit? And maybe this is going to be a controversial statement. I don't care mm-hmm. if that gets you excited. I'm just mm-hmm. like. Use that and like, yeah, bring that in. Yes. Pretend in your mind. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with fantasizing. Nothing wrong with that. No. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, let's leave it there. I love it. Well, thanks Mm -hmm. Jeff. Thank you for letting me talk about my dog. I see your cute dog in the background climbing on your couch. Yes, he's getting ready to bark at somebody. Oh, I see. Looking out the window. Cute. Uh Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, yeah. It was good. Keep keep on sending those questions. Go to our uh, sponsors and buy up all the stuff because it supports us and keeps the lights on around here. So we really appreciate it. Love when you use our codes. Yeah. Thank Um, you, guys. And leave us a review. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.